Welcome to the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm David Pratt along with Peter Shashecki, the president of Everything Financial Group. Great way, Peter, to get this thing started with season three with inflation at historic levels and interest rates climbing. I mean, wow. Uh, it's so important. Do you not think that money is now working for you? Uh, yeah, we got to get money working for you. But welcome, Dave, to season three. And we're actually in a studio together. Yes. No more Zoom. People <laughs> won't recognize us because we don't have a black frame around our face anymore. But I do have to correct you. Okay. It's not inflation. Oh. It's just inflation. Ah. Because he's the cause of it. Okay. And a lot of his economic policies, but there's my political rant. I, I channel my Dave Pratt, inner Dave Pratt here today. <laughs> but just to let everyone know what we're doing this year um, on season three with the podcast, we're going to basically take you through the Omni formula from beginning to end. Right from the beginning today is what you need to do to select your registered financial planner and how you do it, the questions to ask that you don't even know you're supposed to ask. So, And then as we go on through the season, we'll build the Omni formula from mortgages, uh, investments, insurance, right down to the end when the end of life comes and, and estate planning and your executor duties, et cetera. So that's what's going to make this season kind of interesting because everyone has asked us after last season, what is the Omni formula? And we've usually done a podcast to try and give you some insight into it. This year, it's all Omni formula all the time. Then let's get into it. Uh, here are the top 10 questions. Number one, do I get a financial plan and is it created by a registered financial planner? That is, Dave, one of the first questions you should ask when you go interview people. Because remember, it's your money. It's your right to select who you want to do the plan. So first off, ask them if they're a registered financial planner. Now, there's lots of different financial planning um, designations. Yeah. Lots of them are good, but it's really not about the designation. It isn't. It's about the person behind the designation. Right. And unfortunately, in a lot of these designations, you actually do not have to know how to put together a financial plan. You just have to know how to answer a lot of multiple choice questions. Right. Now, the tests and, and all the things that go into getting those uh, designations are getting harder, better, more well-rounded, that's for sure. But even then, we get a lot of people coming into the offices going, um, I have a plan, and they'll put it down and I look at it. A plan is not, this is what you have in investments, and if you earn 7%, just picking a number out of the air, lucky number seven, here's what you're gonna have in 20 years. That's a projection, you do not need a professional financial plan or a certified financial plan or a registered financial planner to do that. Sure. You need that thing called Google to do that. <laughs> so have a look at the financial plan. A financial plan should have an, an introduction and give you a really clear picture of where you are today. Because how do you know where you're going if you don't know where you're starting from? Like any good map. Yeah. Well, a financial plan is a, is a map. It's a financial map. And then have where you want to end up and then step-by-step -step instructions of how to get you from the beginning to the middle to the end. Remember, not just projections of what you have. Now, with all that in mind, it gets us to the question of a portfolio manager. I mean, do you need one like that? Is that something that you want to use? And if not, why? You, you de yeah, you definitely want to have a portfolio manager. So let's explain, even though we're going to talk about this in more detail, sure. but 
A portfolio manager is a fiduciary. Fiduciary meaning they have to have your best interests at heart, not me or the planner, the advisor, whatever, the, whatever you want to refer to them as, sure. not them. They answer to you, the client. Now, here's the thing. If your planner is designing a financial plan for you, that's full-time. That's so many hours that go into that, and it's a lot of detail, a lot of moving parts. That is the full-time job. How can you design a plan and also take the time to oversee what could be hundreds of stocks inside the investments that are part yeah. of your plan? Yeah. You can't. The financial planner should be checking their ego at the door, <laughs> hiring a portfolio manager, because then the financial planner gets a full-time staff of professional fiduciaries to manage the money. So in this way, you create the plan and then the portfolio management company builds the investment portion. And that's not the only portion, remember, yeah. but they build it to match the plan. And if your person you're interviewing is not a, using a portfolio manager, ask them why not. And there's usually a couple reasons. Commissions, ego. <laughs> they don't want to give up control. And, and right now, now granted, Dave, in the past, and I'm talking... 12, 14 years ago, okay. there was a reason a lot of advisors didn't use a portfolio manager. Mm -hmm. The minimums were so high. Like we're talking, at one point in the early 2000s, a lot of them were $5 million. You had to have $5 wow. million. Well, that really narrows down who they can use, but it got lower and lower yeah. and lower. And now at Everything Financial, we can use a portfolio manager for someone who walks in the door and says, I need to get started. I don't have anything. I want to start putting away $50 a month. We can use a portfolio manager for that. There's no excuse anymore not to use a portfolio manager. And the nice thing is they, they generally all pay us as the firm who sure. refers them. And that's yeah. what we're doing is referring them in and bringing them in. They all pay us the same. So we're not picking one manager because like in the mutual fund days, because this company took us golfing or they took us to a Canuck game or a Lions game and they put us in the suite and they fed us. We're choosing, because as yeah. a registered financial planner, yeah. you also have to act as a fiduciary. What's in the best interest of the client? So we, we let them know about the different portfolio managers. But again, if they're not using a portfolio manager, what have you always said in years, 40 years of radio and TV, what do you always say? Follow the money? Always follow the money. Well, you can usually always. follow the money to find out why they're not using one. Okay, let's get on to number three, Peter, on the top 10 questions to ask when interviewing for a financial person. And here is number three. Are the fees of the non-registered investment 100% tax deductible? Well, that's key in a plan to put more of your money in your pocket. And we talked about, just a second ago, about a portfolio manager. Well, when you use a portfolio manager, all the fees, as a fiduciary, yeah. have to be disclosed. There are no embedded fees. They're all there. So the nice thing is with CRA rules, when you're using a portfolio manager on what's called non-registered investments, also known as taxable accounts, all those fees are tax deductible. So not only are you paying a fee much lower than a mutual fund fee, you're also getting to write it off. Now you can't write off fees in TFSAs, which are considered a registered product or RSPs, but on non-registered you can. So there's another reason to go to a portfolio manager more of your hard-earned tax dollars in your pocket. So why would 
a planner. Use that term. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get the hate mail now. Here we go. Why would a planner not advise you of something that's definitely in your best interest? So if you can go from these all these embedded fees, non-disclosed embedded fees in mutual funds to completely disclosed fees and tax deduct them, my gosh, that's a great thing because that makes a low fee even lower. And the best thing is you're getting CRA to pay for some okay. of it, which is always a good thing. Now, here's the thing I'll throw by you because, again, when you're explaining this to me and you start talking about embedded fees, I'm going, okay, what are those again? Yeah, and in Canada... Our disclosure has to get better. And people think I, I have this hate on for banks and mutual funds and all this. I'll yeah. probably do sometimes. But but <laughs> just to be clear, what I'm really getting at and why we started this stuff years ago when I started doing stuff on radio, yeah. the whole idea was it's got to be a level playing field, and it's not. When you have banks and, and mutual fund companies not having to disclose all the fees, and, and it's not the fault many times of the mutual fund salesperson, they don't even know what the embedded fees are. So when I'm talking embedded fees, you have an MER, a management expense ratio. So a lot of the fees are encompassed in that MER. And that's what they'll tell you about. Well, there's your fee. It's the MER. No, you have trading fees, taxes, management fees, and you have this thing called a, um, a discretionary marketing fee. They have different names of it. But if you go to read a 40-something page prospectus on a mutual fund and you look at what some of the discretionary non-disclosed fees are, it'd make you throw up in your mouth. It's, it's, <laughs> but again, yeah. not disclosed, not shown. Now, here's the thing. As you know, everything financial, we also work in the U.S. And we like to tease the U.S. and make fun of the U.S. because, well, it's an easy thing to poke at sometimes sure. with what's going on about politics. But hey, we should be looking at our own backyard right now, not at the U.S. Yeah. But here's the thing. They've totally changed the disclosure down there. So when we're down there, we have to disclose absolutely everything. And they have to disclose the fees, unlike we here in Canada. Yeah. So we kind of, that's why years ago we went the registered financial planner route, the portfolio manager route is just like follow the rules of full, full disclosure, full transparency, nothing to hide. It just makes it easier. And isn't that in the best interest of the consumer? And that's the way we look at it is what's in the best interest of the consumer? Full disclosure, no embedded fees, so much so that the portfolio managers have to put every fee, whether tax deductible or not, on your statements every quarter. You have to have every fee there so you know what it is. Now, sometimes it's a bit shocking to people when they go, oh my gosh, I've just paid X amount in fees, and that's where the mutual fund salesperson at your major financial institution, aka bank, um, <laughs> tries to really stick it to yeah. people like me who have full disclosure. Oh, well, we're not charged. Yes, they are people. They don't work for free. They don't have record profits. We have software that shows, we buy it. I mean, it's independent software that shows the majority of all those embedded fees, but even the software can't show every fee because some of those fees are never disclosed. And, and why should people have anything to hide? It's not in the public's best interest to not know what they're paying. I just don't get it. Well, it gets us to this as well. Um, tax planning, which, which is exactly what, what we're talking about here, and the legal services that go along with it. Now, is this all included in the one big plan? It is with the Omni formula. So when we're talking about fees, 
because these things definitely are intertwined. Absolutely. If you're going to uh, advisor, mutual fund salesperson, here comes the hate mail. There you go. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but what are they doing for you? Picking seven or six or five mutual funds that they have nothing to do with and have no influence over. I don't have any influence over what the portfolio manager does. Okay. But if they're getting paid this outrageous commission on, and depending what mutual fund they represent, sometimes it's a, it's a fair commission, sometimes it's not fair, depending what type it is. A lot of these unfair commissions are being phased out, which is, thank goodness for that. But regardless, should you be paying them just to pick mutual funds because that's what it is. It's called fund picking and rate chasing to, re to tell you who to use and they're getting paid for that. That's ludicrous. So at everything financial with the Omni formula, we get paid from the portfolio management company, okay. a percentage. And again, tax deductible on non-registered funds. But we don't just sit on our hands and sit on our laurels, as they say. I don't know who Laurel is, but we don't sit on them <laughs> to... To, rep to refer a portfolio management company, we actually do the financial plan. We're building the financial plan. There's many hours, many meetings, a full staff of time that goes into that. And we don't just do the plan and then give it to you. Once the Omni Formula plan is complete, that's the beginning. You've just started. Then we have to follow through on the strategies, the reviews, the yearly updates to make sure because it's written, it's a GPS, right? Our, our financial plan, the only formula, okay. is like a GPS, guidance, performance, strategy. Sometimes you go off the rails, make a wrong turn. Sure. Well, you're, if we're getting paid continually from the portfolio management company, we should be providing you with updates. So we provide all that. Once clients get over a certain level, so it does cost a fair bit of our time, a fair bit of our money to put a plan together. But eventually we're in profit mode. We're we, okay. We've spent this much money, spent this much time. You have a plan, but you're an investor of a higher level. You've put more money in. Do we get to, do we need to be paid more money because you have more money to, to do a plan for someone with 500,000, a hundred thousand, 50,000, whatever the number. And to do a plan for someone with 1.5 million. And I'm just picking numbers. People sure. go on our website. If you want to see what all the different things are, but it doesn't cost me more time. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit with a little more tax planning, but not thousands of dollars more for sure. And we disclose that to people. So once you get to a certain level, your tax returns are included. Your will to be updated is included. Your um, power of attorney, representation agreement, and we will have Bart Altertron again this year going into Very more good. of those details. Um, we aid in corporate taxes if you have a, a, a company. When it gets even to the end of days, the executor duties, our Omni Formula estate plan, which we're going to talk about in one of the last episodes this season, all those things are included because, again, the plan we've already covered our costs, but if we're making more money, you deserve to get something for your money. And if you're not, get on the running shoes when you're doing this interview for your financial planner and head for the door because they're just saying, pay me because I told you to go deal with XYZ mutual fund company. Well, that's no reason to pay them. Okay. Make sure in this day and age you're getting a plan. And here's the interesting thing. You, there's about, I don't know, the numbers always change and who knows who's telling the right number because you can do surveys and you can twist them any way you want. But if there's 70 or 80,000 licensed 
salespeople, planners, registered, all those different types of categories of advisor out there. Why are only about 1,500 to 1,700 using portfolio management companies when it's now available from dollar one? Okay. That's, I don't get it. And why do only three, if I say five, I'm being generous, percent of Canadians have a real financial plan? Oh, real financial plan? Registered financial planner. It's amazing how those two go together. <laughs> you know, we've been kicking this mutual funds thing around as, as part of our conversation. So I'm going to get right back down to it again. Do you use mutual funds? That should be of those 10 questions when interviewing a planner. Yeah. That's, even though we have it, question what, six? Yeah. That's almost right at the beginning with, with really, do you use a portfolio manager? No. Are you using mutual funds? Yes. Why don't you use a portfolio manager? And then wait for the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> silence. Um, um, and that's what you're going to get. And then go, thanks, and move on. There are a plethora. Ooh, that's a big one for me. It is a big it one. It is a big one for you. And I actually pronounced it, which is really amazing. Not bad. There, there is, let's go back to Peter speak. Okay. There's a whole bunch of good portfolio management companies We've, yeah. we vetted all the ones over the years that we use, and, and we chose the ones that are more like everything financial, boutique firms. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the other ones. We just went with the ones that are more like, they fit our model of the Omni formula. Um, but there are a lot of good ones. I see them at conferences. I, I know a lot of the people at those companies. There is absolutely no reason for any financial planner to not be using a portfolio management company. And there's really in this day and age, you know, no reason to have to use mutual funds. And that the tax deductibility is one of the biggest things. Now, granted, mutual fund companies do, if you're gonna use a mutual fund company, just wipe out tons of those embedded fees, especially if you're just new starting out, and look at what's called an ETF, exchange traded fund, which are just it mimics and it follows the market, but you have a lot of this, the fees stripped out. So if you're going to do it, follow the money, yeah. make it cheaper, and work your way up to the portfolio management thing. Because a lot of times when we have people come in, Dave, we with the smaller portfolio management company we use, they'll go with some of these ETFs. And, and we'll say to the, the client, you know what? You're, you're not quite there yet where you need... A plan. Let's get you to that stage when you need a plan. Because we don't want to, you know, have a client go through all this and feel like I've got nowhere. Because again, if you're acting as a fiduciary, you have to do first what's in best interest of the client. And, yeah. and I'll have you, I'll digress because I'd like to do that because it's my podcast and I'll do whatever <laughs> I want. But I had a client come in the other day and they have a lot of insurance. We don't get paid for it at Everything Financial. We didn't sell it. Yeah. So, and they said, well, I don't, we know we need the insurance, but it's really expensive, blah, blah, and it is. It's overpriced, and it's not really what they need. But the first step is not to sell them a new policy so I can get paid a nice $5,000 commission, because that's yeah. roughly what it would be. It's to go to the insurance company they're dealing with and try and modify or tweak, if you will, that insurance policy to be more suitable for them, which we will be able to do. And, and so look at all the options of fixing first before replacing. 
And, and there's another question we don't even have that in our group. Uh, no, we don't have that in our questions. But that's one of the things to to ask um, when you're interviewing someone. Are you going to just replace? Are you going to or or what if you what if I don't need to buy any products from you? Will you still design a financial plan for me? <laughs> like, are you designing a plan? Yeah. Or are you pushing product? And that's question 11, I guess now. Um, but that's a question you could ask. Is, is that, What are you doing? Plan or product? General Peter, when we're sitting here and talking about the top 10 questions here, the number one thing when you have to go out and make the decision about your money, the guy who's sitting across the table, and you're the guy who's sitting across the table, how do you get that trust? You know, why should I trust you? Yeah, simple. Tell the people how you're paid. Yeah. It's that simple. Full disclosure, full transparency. And as a registered financial planner, one of the reasons I, I went and achieved and chose that designation is it's all about full transparency, full disclosure. So when you go interview um, and you're trying to interview a financial planner and you're asking them all these questions, you have every right to say, how are you paid? So I'll tell people how we're paid. We get a referral fee from the portfolio management company. We disclose the fee we get from every company. And they're, they're, there's one exception for our US stuff, but they're the same. So that's important to people know. We're not choosing a company uh, because they pay us more or they take us on a, a fishing trip or a golf game or any of them. They're not even allowed to. Do, <laughs> yeah. I, don't even get, I don't even get a coffee. Well, I don't get coffee anyways, but I don't even get lunch from these people. Like you're not allowed to do that. So that's important is how are you getting paid? Because I'll give you an example. We were talking about mutual funds a minute ago. Mutual funds do this thing called white papering, which is they, they actually deal, the mutual fund companies in some cases, especially at the banks, they, they deal with portfolio management companies, but they bring them in and then they relabel them to their own logos, their own marketing material, charge a higher fee, uh, well, cut out the middleman and the white papering and the commission and go directly to those companies in a lot of cases. We also get, though, uh, if we represent and recommend insurance, we'll get a commission from the insurance company and a, a bonus structure from the company. All the companies pay us the same. So we're not taking a company because they pay us more. They're exactly the same from every company. So we're looking for who's the best policy and the lowest premium. So if we're picking the lowest premium, we're actually getting paid less than say another choice. But again, fully disclosed. Yeah. Um, mortgage business, our, our mortgage broker, who is also one of our associate advisors, Vitri Trong, yeah. we've talked to him last year and he's gonna be on again, actually I think in our next episode. Um, we get paid from the mortgage companies, because we. but again, it's the same. So we disclose that to people. So we're getting paid the same, but again, all that goes into, if you're getting paid and people deserve to get paid, they work hard for their jobs. It's not about what they get paid, though you do, I encourage you to ask that question, as we just said with question seven. It's what are you doing for me if you're getting paid? Because me as Mr. Consumer, it's my money. What am I getting for my money? You're getting paid, great. What are you doing for it? Are you just saying, here's my six mutual funds, see you next year and I'll update your statement then? Or am I getting a plan, not a projection? And that is, I say it over and over again, that's the key. In my days, 
and I've been doing this a long time, people. I know I only look 25 or 30, <laughs> and, I, and as my wife says, I probably act 15 most days, <laughs> but I've been doing this a long time, yeah. and God's honest truth, I have yet to ever see an actual, real financial plan come across my desk, and I can count on two hands how many projections in the years have come across my desk. That few. So if I walk into your office then, can I see an example of what we now refer to and have been talking about, a full financial plan? You bet. We have the Omni formula for a single person, a married couple, the retired version, the estate version. They're, they're, They're similar, but little differences, obviously, depending on your stage of life. We have the full version right there of, I think their names are Mr. and Mrs. Sample Client. Um, Very common couple. Really? Jane and John Doe are other ones. Yeah, we have them right there, right out of our Omni Formula software. We do um, Mr. and Mrs. Sample Client when when we're doing training sessions for our staff. We will show you a real financial plan, but not just the real financial plan, the Omni Formula plan from beginning to end right there in our office. And there's nothing wrong when you go in and interview people. Can you provide for me an example of what your financial plan looks like? And we'll let people see it. We have nothing to hide. Sure. Which gets us to this question here. I mean, are you a fiduciary? Yeah. And and that is key. We talked about that with portfolio managers, financial planners. Fiduciary is one of the biggest words that nobody knows and can't pronounce and can't spell. Don't ask me to spell it. I'm not going to be able to do it. My spelling's (laughs) atrocious. A fiduciary, meaning... The person acting, and they have to yeah. act in your best interest. So it could be when we said to the, the the person about the plans and different things, and they have that, you know, dumbfounded look on their face. So if you go into the bank or whoever, <laughs> and you say, "Are you a fiduciary?" and go for do a what? Then that's a that's a sign to probably leave <laughs> at that point. And if they say, and and sometimes I've heard this where the person goes, "Well, of course I'm a fiduciary." Yeah. Then ask one more question. That might be number 12 on our list. Okay. The next question should be, good, can you tell me what a fiduciary is? <laughs> and see if they can actually tell you what a fiduciary is. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of them are not. Now, we know this, and, and it, it's okay if they're not. Just, just tell everybody. Yeah. So the banks are there and this is well known and that's and fair enough again it's just a matter of full disclosure that's all i want is full transparency the banks are there to work for shareholders the bank employees are there they have a bonus equity program they have to sell more of this and more of that to get bonus levels to get paid you do not want to be the bank mutual fund salesperson on the bottom rung at the ladder at the end of the month that is not a good thing you have a quota to achieve fair enough that's fine. But just be honest about it. I have no quotas. I have no one to answer to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me, our clients, our staff, and to look in the mirror and be proud of what you did at the end yeah. of the day. I mean, that's really how it works. And always acting in your client's best interest. Example, that insurance thing we were doing yesterday yeah. where – they really love what we're doing from this couple. And I have no doubt, I, you know, you could change the insurance policy to something else. I, you know, it wasn't in their best interest, so you don't do it. You have to do what's in the client's best interest all the time. And you know what? As they say, a few sayings, 
what goes around comes around and it all comes out in the wash. And I mean, some clients we who are smaller, obviously, because we don't, if we don't make enough to break even in a sense because of that 1% fee, well, we don't, you know, we don't quite make enough on that client, but it all comes out in the wash, maybe with a bigger client who might be very low maintenance, but we're, we're doing better. The difference is we disclose it all and that's the key. And if a client doesn't want to have us get paid, the beauty of it is it's their money. They say always, it's your money, right? That's the name of it. Then they have the freedom to go elsewhere. And I'm okay with that. No, no hard feelings. They have to do, and I live by that. I mean, announced on TV, radio all the time. They have to do what's in their best interest, and I'm okay with that. Let's talk about the investment of time then. Uh, how many meetings go into creating the plan that, you, that you're talking about right here? And how often do you have to meet you know, every year during the plan? Well, going into a plan, it can take minimum five meetings to create a plan. So wow. how the heck are we doing 18 podcasts this year? But we're going to break down a lot of those things into multiple okay. podcasts. Like portfolio managers, we're going to bring in three, four different portfolio managers to each give a different spin on how they approach the investment sure. world and, and mortgages and legal stuff. I mean, a notary, a lawyer, we're going to bring in lots of different people to, on all the different moving parts. But a, a plan... Five meetings, but I have, uh, I'm doing one right now um, that's quite a bit more complicated, quite a bit more moving parts, where meeting three, if you will, which we have a title for it and what part of the plan is, we're doing meeting three, three times. Wow. It's just, I'll put the time and the effort in because it's their money. And I don't believe, and this is just me, and maybe I'm way out to lunch and a little naive or stupid, I don't even know, but I want the client to understand what they're doing before moving forward. And if I don't feel they have a, a half-decent grasp on what they're doing, then that's a disservice I've done to them that I haven't explained it properly. So let's take two steps back to take three steps forward and do that meeting again. There is nothing wrong with moving through the process solely, though when doing that, we do like to do that really every two or so weeks, go to the next meeting, go to the next meeting. So the client is retaining a lot of that information. The other thing, which we will get into more and we will show how this works later on in, in the podcast season here, but after every meeting and, oh, I think we have question 13 of the top 10 questions to ask <laughs> what you should do. Yeah. Ask them, ask when you're interviewing a person to see what do you give me after a meeting? What kind of summary or, or do you give me? What do you give me before a meeting? Is there an agenda of the questions? You should be giving that to the client in writing so they know what was talked about. Because trust me, when they leave that meeting with you, they're thinking about, ooh, I got to go get poo bags for the dog. <laughs> for Bentley. You got to get poo bags for Absolutely. Bentley. Absolutely. Bentley's so tiny. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but they got to go do stuff. They got to go to the grocery store sure. and pick up some things, they, you know, whatever. They got to get the dry cleaning. When they leave that office, well, frankly, when I look at clients, I think they forgot what I said right after I say it sometimes, but because, you know, you get that look, the, the deer in the headlights look sometimes. Yeah. But that's why I always tell them, we're going to put all this in writing and send it to you afterwards for you to review. And in that summary, we even have a, a brief outline of what – will be involved in the next meeting. And I, you know, I get clients, they tell me, and we started doing this years ago when we realized we have to do more for our clients. Everything we do, yeah. 
and we've added and we change along the way is about doing more for the client. So if you're going to have six, five, six, eight meetings, you've got to keep the client informed. And to answer your questions about how often, we generally will review or reach out to review the plan every year. So we'll go to the client and say, what's changed? Is We'll ask them, we have a questionnaire. We'll ask them if there've been any major changes. And if there's not any major changes, we don't really need to update or do a whole new version of the plan, but sure. they give us some minor changes. We definitely add them into the plan and we encourage that to, cl- to clients to keep us up to date on things like that. We will review their actual portfolio portion of the plan because that stuff gets so much press. There's so much volatility. We'll review that on a regular basis, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, depending on the client, but we reach out to them every quarter and offer an update and then we leave it up to them. That's it for episode one. Now, if folks like what they've heard here or want more information about everything financial and the Omni formula, what should they do? Call. No. Yes, yeah. <laughs> go, now. go Call now. No, go on to, go look up everythingfinancial.com. You have offices in, our main office in Langley. We have an office in White Rock. That's where you'll find the famous yeah. Vitri Trong yes. hanging out most of the time. We have our office with Jackie Pillar. We're going to get her on this year, even though she hates cameras. Um, In Victoria, we have an office in Scottsdale. Down there, you're stuck with me. But hey, if you want to go down and that's where you want us to do your plan, I'm okay with that. I can can do that. You can twist my arm. But also, um, go on to our YouTube channel. Go on to that YouTube thing on that internet thing. Type in Everything Financial Group. This episode, previous episodes... Uh, the information and the shows we do on CTV, lots of information on there. And I have clients who say, you know what? That's been one of the best sources of information because I do a meeting. I don't really remember or understand all of it. And then I go on to your YouTube channel and I look for the title. Oh, wait a minute. That might answer my question. I had about a mortgage or I had about um, the portfolio manager or, or anything like that. And go on there and just just watch a bit to get it to help answer your question. Or again, www.everythingfinancial.com and all the contact information is there. As always, Peter, great stuff, great stuff. Uh, We'll be back with episode two. That's a threat, not a promise. You bet, looking forward to it. Looking forward to a a fun season. And I can't wait, Dave, till hockey season starts yes. because I gather you and me may yes. go off into some Just hockey tangents depending bit. if we have a team in Vancouver <laughs> this year. It ended pretty good, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> More questions than answers in that respect. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got a question for Peter, uh, whether it's it's money or hockey uh, or a topic that you'd like us to cover, uh, just email the show at yourmoney at everythingfinancial.com. Peter, we'll close this in the usual way. Adios. Adios, muchachos. <laughs> <laughs>